you got cooking? How about cooking something up with me? Let's stir it up, boys. Welcome to the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. A weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the old grill sergeant, Randy Hayes. Do you remember a few weeks ago when I told you we'd suffered through a really bad sports weekend of the Hames family? <laughs> well, last weekend was all that on steroids. No, I mean it. It was just horrific. And it seemed to spill over into the rest of the week. I know you understand what I'm referring to, and, and we'll deal with that in due course. But our bad sports weekend started with that pitiful performance by the Astros on Friday night in Atlanta. And it didn't get any better on Saturday night. The best offense in baseball looked like a total joke. Both nights. And I think we all believe the World Series was pretty much over at that point. Two runs in two games certainly didn't breed a sense of confidence for me anyway. <laughs> and I'm the guy who said over and over and over again during the regular season, do not give up on the Astros ever. But after they blew that one-run lead in Game 4, I'm going to admit I was close to the Cobra Surrender. Oh, you haven't heard about the Cobra Surrender. Here's what you do. Just interlace your fingers and then put your hands on the back of your head. Make sure your arms are stretched out straight away from your head. Now, go look at yourself in the mirror. You look like a Cobra ready to strike, right? Well, that's what sports fans look like when their team is about to get beat, and they subconsciously assume that position, the Cobra surrender. At any rate, I was very close to that position myself, and I didn't feel a whole lot better after they regained their mojo on Sunday night either. Another thing I've said over and over all the way through this season is this Astros team is extremely streaky. Well, stop and think about it. The Astros would go on streaks. Unbelievably good offense. Eight, nine, ten, twelve runs every game for a half a dozen games in a row. And then they'd lay a gigantic egg against the Texas Rangers or the Colorado Rockies or the Baltimore Orioles or some other hideously bad team. And they'd wind up getting swept during a series at Minute Maid Park. They just never seemed to be able to achieve the consistency they needed to pull away from the A's and the Mariners and the division standings, at least until really late in the regular season. Then they got hotter donut grease against the White Sox and the Red Sox, and I thought they were going to be off to the races in the World Series, but no. They fell into that same old inconsistency that they've struggled with all year, and the Braves' pitching staff made them look absolutely pedestrian several times, so we should give some credit to Atlanta. It wasn't just incompetence by the Astros. Now, the Braves' bullpen was everything it was cracked up to be, and then some. When you're the best offense in baseball and you get shut out twice in six games and you score no more than two runs in two others, you're going to lose the World Series. The Braves are not the Rangers or the Rockies or the Orioles. Hey, the Astros hit 129 with runners in scoring position through the first four games. And yeah, Game 5 gave us all hope, but hope was not enough to see them through. Tuesday night in Minute Maid, the Astros' inconsistency was kind of like a chicken. It came home to roost. 
And they are now 1-7 in their last eight home games in the World Series. Alex Bregman went 2-for-21, and Jordan Alvarez went 2-for-20 in this World Series. And the rest of the lineup didn't fare much better. Sure, Tucker and Guriel and Brantley kept them in it, but other than Altuve's big home runs, the rest of that lineup was almost as bad as Bregman and Alvarez. Yeah, almost, but not quite. The starting pitching was just as streaky as the hitting, and the Braves once again proved that old sports adage. The best team doesn't always win the championship. The team that plays the best wins the championship. Now, I know that sounds like nonsense, but it's not. Here's the deal. The Astros were the best team in the World Series if you use the entire regular season as the measuring stick. The Braves were tragically mediocre until they made all those big trades that revamped their offense. They were 51-52, and and then after those acquisitions, they went 37-21 and the rest of the way. Of course, they powered their way through the playoffs, 11-5 and against the Brewers. They won 106 games. The Dodgers, they won 95. And the Astros, who also won 95. So the Braves were below average through 106 games, but they were undeniably the team that was playing the best at the end of the regular season. The best team doesn't always win the championship. The team that plays the best wins the championship. And that was the Atlanta Braves. That was undebatable. Sure, it was heartbreaking, but the Braves deserved the ring, and the Astros did not. Now the club will almost undoubtedly lose Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander, maybe even Dusty Baker, and they'll probably become the dynasty that never was. The real tragedy is that the rest of the country will now look at the Astros and say, they only got one World Series win, and they cheated to win that one. And that's how they're going to be remembered long-term by some people. Uh, No, it's not accurate, but it will be the way some fans think. And if you believe the boos and catcalls will disappear next year, you're dreaming. It's a bitter pill to swallow, but that's just the way it is. But the Astros weren't the only huge sports failure the Hames family had to deal with last weekend. And yes, it spilled over into the week, too. My son and I are dedicated TCU alums, and this has been a really bleak football season. But when the Frogs lost again last weekend to Kansas State, the wheels fell off in Fort Worth. Just as I was coming home from getting my wife and me some takeout food before the Sunday Night World Series game, my son texted me and said, Gary Patterson has stepped down. My heart sank. I'll admit it. I almost cried. Well, almost. I texted him back and said, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm going to be officially in mourning for the next 30 days. (laughs) I am 73 years old, and when I attended TCU, the football team won a handful of games in all the years I was there. And that was just the beginning of the deeply dark days. That was the late 60s and the 70s, the 80s. Well into the 90s were one horrifically bad losing season after another until Gary Patterson came along. He not only revived TCU's football legacy, but he also completely changed the image of the university nationwide. That cannot be disputed because that athletic complex, heck, the entire campus is totally unrecognizable, at least by comparison to what it looked like when I enrolled for my freshman year in the fall of 1966. Younger alums don't look any further than the one-loss record for the last four or five years. 
But those of us who saw TCU thoroughly overhauled from top to bottom, athletically and academically, during Gary Patterson's tenure as head coach, we know firsthand how difficult it can be to hire and then retain a winning football coach at a small private school, especially one that's surrounded by big state behemoths like UT, A&M, LSU... TCU has been blessed to have a man like Patterson. He not only won a lot of games, he won a Rose Bowl. He won a Peach Bowl. He set up our alma mater to be given that bid to the Big 12. Coaches like that don't grow on trees. And a lot of younger TCU alums think we can simply snap our fingers and replace Gary Patterson with another Gary Patterson. Well, if it's that easy, just ask Baylor how easy it was to replace and retain Art Bryles. Or, if you want a guy with a lot more integrity, Matt Rule. I'm more than a little concerned for the health of TCU football in the post-Patterson era. It was just one more haymaker to the head for the Hames family's bad sports weekend. But at least my grandson's select 11U baseball team won a game Sunday. It was only one out of two, but it was better than any of our other teams fared over that weekend. But it's a brand new weekend, and the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show is set to talk food and fun, so I'm going to try to focus on that. Mostly the fun part. Barbecue is a huge part of what outdoor chefs love to cook. And today we're going to talk with Emily Detweiler. She's the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Emily hired me to voice a series of tutorials, instructional videos that are designed to train people to be judges for KCBS-sanctioned events. I've worked at the World's Championship Barbecue Contest out at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for decades, but I've never been behind the scenes for the judging of the barbecue. So when I narrated these videos for KCBS, I learned a lot. I thought many of you might be interested in hearing about what competition barbecue judges are trained to look for, what's involved in evaluating things like taste and tenderness. I know it was an eye-opening experience for me, and I think it will be for you too. So stick around and let's talk some Q. Just don't tell me what the Texan score is, okay? If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The Old Grill Sergeant will be right back with more ideas and advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. 
We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run, and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself, and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like, never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website, edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Life is simple. Eat, sleep, grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hames. First timer alert. Please say hello to Emily Detweiler. She is the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me, Randy. I'm excited to be here. You know, it's not often that we host a CEO on this show. <laughs> we, we usually feature chefs, not CEOs. So we're kind of humbled by your presence. But uh, we'd also like to get to know you. That's what we do on this show. We get to know our guests. So start out by telling us where were you born, reared, go to school, that kind of thing. Sure. Well, I originally hail from Hastings, Nebraska, which is a small town in the middle, pretty much south-central middle part of, of Nebraska. And in my formative years, I grew up really in Des Moines, Iowa. 
I went to uh, Drake University for a marketing and management undergrad degree and then moved to Kansas City for a few years to work and decided I wanted to pursue my master's in business administration. So now, wait, 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 wait. You're getting ahead of yourself here. Okay. You you mentioned Drake University. You said you went on a French horn scholarship. Yes. Is that right? How's that work? <laughs> I did. I sure did. So when I was growing up in Des Moines, I was already taking lessons, French horn lessons at uh, Drake University. And they convinced me to uh, to come and play in school, so I was able to secure a, a, a scholarship for that. Now, it wasn't, you know, full ride for French horn, but <laughs> what a fun time I had, and because of that, I, you know, played in the orchestra, I played in the pep band, so I got to play all the basketball games, certainly marched in um, all the football games, and the Drake relays were a big thing, still are, um, so that was always a ton of fun, and I'm just so pleased I had a chance to sing in the choir there as well. But ultimately, that enabled me to, to earn my uh, business degrees and um, had just a fantastic time at Drake and can't say enough good things about it. But then you said you moved on to Mizzou for your master's, but you've got a little joke you like to say about that. What is it? <laughs> well, so I met my husband in my corporate finance class at Mizzou. So I joked that I got my MBA and my MRS at the same time, but that was not why I went to business school. So uh, it was just a side benefit, I guess. <laughs> and 14 years later, we'll celebrate our anniversary this week. Great. What's his name? Wes Detweiler. And you guys have any kids? We do. We have two future Tiger alums. We have a an 11 year old boy and a seven year old girl. And oh my goodness, between they they got both of our skills. My son is a big baseball player, like his daddy, and uh, my daughter is quite the musician and swimmer. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Now fill us in on your professional life before you got the job as CEO at the Kansas City Barbecue Society. What'd you do? Sure. So for the last 17 years or so, I've always worked somehow in the food marketing space. So I started out working on a few different brands like Hostess Snack Cakes, and I worked on Plugra Butter and Borden Cheese, very fun brands. Did you get a lot of free samples? <laughs> oh, yes. Trust me, there is nothing better than a Hostess Cupcake or a Hostess Donut fresh off the line. Ooh. Getting to walk through the bakeries was always a lot of fun. Well, you also worked for Smithfield, right? Yes, I did. I worked for Smithfield Foods for just about five years. And Smithfield is the world's largest pork producer. So I certainly ate a lot of bacon and <laughs> marinated fresh pork, and I still do. <laughs> so that was a ton of fun. And I managed the brand as the director of marketing for fresh pork, really from everything, from PR, media, strategies, shopper marketing, I led all of the NASCAR programming, um, as it related to fresh pork. And then I really got involved in building the brand across barbecue. So when you think about pork and what we do from a barbecue competition perspective, at least in the Kansas City Barbecue Society, two out of the four main categories are pork. Right. So pork ribs and pork butt. So in trying to really engage with pitmasters and cooks as the brand lead, 
I saw that as an opportunity to really get involved in, in food sport and competitive barbecue in a pretty big way. And ultimately, really diving in and getting to understand the various sanctioning bodies, different contests that happen across the U.S. and globally, that's what really drew a passion for me to barbecue. And so when KCBS was looking for a new leader, they already knew who I was because of the work I'd done in the space. That extensive background in the food industry no doubt helped you land the gig as CEO at KCBS, but it also probably got you a lot of free samples, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Can you tell I'm obsessed with free samples? (laughs) (laughs) I can. (laughs) I think we need to go out for some barbecue lunch, I guess. (laughs) So how did you land the job at the Kansas City Barbecue Society? Did you you go straight to CEO? I did. So uh, KCBS was looking for a new CEO to continue the Um, forward momentum into the future. So we're very fortunate to still have our co-founder, Carolyn Wells, with us. And now she's our historian. You know, she put in 35 years of fantastic work. So in terms of the board really wanting to help propel the organization into the future, they reached out to me based on my experience specifically in barbecue and, and asked if I would be interested. And the timing worked out really well for me. So I decided I would take the leap and and come on over. And really, it's been, I've been here a little bit over two years now. And it really has been a pleasure getting to know all of the various needs of the different constituents or parties that are involved. So, you know, I don't think what people realize is how many different types of people it takes to make a barbecue competition or a member-based organization successful. And so, that's, that's kind of what I've done is just try to dig in and understand the needs from the pitmasters, from the judges, from the organizers, from the partners, things like that. Being a CEO has to be very different from heading up a marketing department of some big food purveyor. So what were the challenges in changing over to becoming a CEO? Great question. I would say one of my initial challenges was really understanding a few things. One is the role that the board of directors plays and and getting to know them to really help leverage their talents. And that was probably my first challenge is just understanding the role that they play and the role that I play. Um, And likewise, making sure that we're all working in concert together. And, you know, I think the other part is just really going from, you know, a large company to, even though KCBS is a large organization, at our core, we're a nonprofit and a membership-based organization. So, you know, really thinking differently and, and being able to kind of be a little bit more grassroots, I guess. So I would say those are my two biggest challenges. Well, you say that the KCBS organization is big. Mm-hmm. How big? How many employees do you have? Well, I'll, I'll start actually and say, it's a, again, it's a membership-based organization. So we currently have about 16,000 active members across the U.S. and in 35 countries. We have um, a board of directors of 12, and then from a staff perspective, we're actually fairly small. So we've got a staff right now of six, and and likewise, we have a lot of volunteers that, that help us both from a board and from a committee standpoint. So there's all kinds of great opportunities to get involved. So what is your mission statement at KCBS? What are you trying to accomplish? 
We are really trying to spread the love of barbecue as America's cuisine. And we sanction barbecue competitions. We establish certified barbecue judges. We help with community outreach uh, to spread the love of barbecue. And again, we have been able to do that successfully across the entire United States. We've got members and contests in just about every state. Um, and likewise, you know, our international growth um, has, has taken us into currently 35 countries, and we've been a, a, at different times as high as 40. So, um, you know, people love barbecue. It's, it's a traditional American cuisine, and that resonates whether you're in Texas, in Kansas City, in the Carolinas, or in Italy. We, we actually, just this weekend, we had two barbecue contests in Italy. We had some in Austria, Australia. Uh, Canada is itching to get back and, and do more of their contests. So, you know, American barbecue is definitely a phenomenon that has spread globally. Well, we're out of time in this first segment, Emily, but we want you to stick around. I have something specific that I want to discuss with you, okay? Okay. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, a electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant, all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door. With a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Hames to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. 
If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data sim with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data sims. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager, or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to CellularAndSatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a complete computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Hayes. We're back now with Emily Detweiler. She's the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. We appreciate your time today, Emily. I'm glad to be here, Randy. The Kansas City Barbecue Society, well, it's KCBS for short. It promotes the fine art of barbecue cooking. But Emily and her team gave me an opportunity to voice a series of videos that they use to train KCBS judges for these competition barbecue cook-offs. And I learned so much about the judging process, Emily. Mm -hmm. I thought I would pass some of that information along to our listeners who would probably love to hear the details of how you guys judge competition barbecue cook-offs. Is that okay for us to go into that? Absolutely. First of all, do you call them cook-offs? Or do you call them competitions? Or do you call them contests? What's the right term to use here? You know, we typically say either a contest or a competition. But I will say, I know a lot of Texans, and they like to call them cook-offs. Yep. So, you know, barbecue is a very hospitable and accommodating uh, cuisine <laughs> and food sport. So we'll, I'd be happy to call it a cook-off. <laughs> so how do cookers qualify to enter these contest competition cook-offs? <laughs> Great. So the pitmasters themselves or the cooks, they pretty much can sign up. So, you know, we have a variety of different types of contests. We will put on what we call our master series. So that's, that's really our top series. And those cooks have to turn in our four main categories. So pork, pork ribs, brisket, and chicken. We also have a series called the backyard, which is typically more for the novice, you know, someone who maybe is not ready to go all the way into the master series. What are you trying to say, Emily? Are you talking about me here? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. Maybe so. So they turn in uh, chicken and pork ribs, you know, not quite as intimidating as adding that element of the pork butt and the brisket. 
Um, and then we also have one meat contest. So we'll do just a rib cook-off, for example, or just, you know, a chicken contest or a brisket contest. So those are all types of different things that we can sanction for our organizers and for our cooks. So how do judges qualify to get the job? It's got to be a highly sought-after gig, right? You know, it is. And in all honesty, we've had a lot of people in Texas that have wanted to host classes there so that they can become KCBS certified barbecue judges. So we'd love to talk about that separately. Um, But essentially what you do first is you become a member of, of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. And again, we have global reach. That's not just in KC. Um, and then you take a class. So you take a class to become a certified barbecue judge. And one of the reasons that cooks or pitmasters really like to compete in KCBS sanctioned events is because they know that we have a standard process for our judging. We have certified barbecue judges who have been trained in this process. And our goal is really to create consistent judging coast to coast event to event worldwide so that, you know, the the cooks really have a fair and equitable judging experience. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I worked for years out at the World's Championship Barbecue Cook-Off at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been out there? I have actually had a chance to come out to that a couple of different years in my Smithfield days, yes. But that's not a KCBS-sanctioned event, right? No, it is, it's not. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit different in terms of the meats. And, and likewise, they have their own uh, unique judging procedure that's different from, from KCBS. Now, the first video that I voiced for you guys was this general overview that was called Concepts and Guidelines for KCBS Judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a quick overview of what's expected of one of your judges. Sure. So... Again, we have, we have a common set of rules. We have um, a very specific process so that each time they sit down to judge, they are following the same process. And so we teach each one of these uh, certified barbecue judges, and we're also going through a process of ongoing um, continuous education for them as well. So we teach them just the procedures and guidelines, and we start with that. So, you know, one of the things, for example, is that they are to evaluate each entry using our procedures and guidelines, not necessarily what they personally like in barbecue. Um, They also are taught to evaluate each entry on its own merit. So it is not comparative judging. You, You know, for example, if you're judging the ribs category, you judge your first rib And then we actually go through a palate cleansing process, just take a little water, a little soda cracker or grape or something to cleanse the palate um, so that you are judging each cook's food individually. Um, And again, without any of your own ideas, bias, or expectations, it's really, we are meant to judge each individual cook's, um, what they put in the box, what what they think is the best food that they made that day. One of the repeated instructions for a judge is do not lick your fingers. Correct. you got to be kidding me, Emily. <laughs> that, that, that's one of the best parts about eating barbecue. How does a judge avoid licking his fingers? <laughs> well, we have lots of paper towels and napkins there, so we don't want to, again, the goal is to really make sure that you are using your sensory elements to best judge that piece of meat, not necessarily any of the extra flavors or things that you might pick up in between. 
Um, we also have, you know, we try to keep it safe and sanitary inside the judging areas as well. And, and not putting your hands in your mouth is certainly a part of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I can imagine. But from what I could determine, Emily, there are three major areas for judging entries. Appearance, taste, and tenderness. How am I doing so far? That's great. I think you might as well be on your way to becoming a certified barbecue judge, Randy. Yeah. I think you've already gotten through <laughs> half of the class. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I voiced the class, didn't I? <laughs> That's right. Yes, you did. So start with appearance. What are KCBS judges looking for in the appearance of any entry? Sure. So, you know, when you think about it, we eat with our eyes. And so when they're looking at that meat in each of those categories through the lens of how good does it look and how much do I want to pick that sample up and put it in my mouth and try it because it just looks delicious. And, you know, that's the first round. And then once they take their sample, we always start with chicken. So you'll take six samples of chicken to put on your judging plate. And after you've scored for appearance, then you may begin scoring for taste and tenderness. Now, you seem to kind of lump taste and tenderness into the same bite at KCBS, but obviously they're different categories. So explain how that works. Yeah, from a process perspective, again, you judge appearance first, and then what happens is each individual judge gets to select the sample out of that box that they want to put on their judging plate. So because you, you, we don't want them to take one bite, move on to the next, and then have to come back, we have them judge for taste and tenderness at the same time for each entry. So, you know, let's say you have entry number one, two, three in chicken, and you take that first big bite, and we really want our judges to take a generous bite, um, really from the, the meatiest point of, of each of those items. And so they first are tasting it, you know, they're, they're letting that, um, the flavor kind of um, really develop because a lot of our pitmasters are using multiple types of um, whether injection and or spices and things like that throughout rubs and spices. So they have some really complex flavor profiles sometimes. So you kind of want to let that sit a little bit on your palate. You can pretty much get your tenderness right away. Um, in that first bite. And so, again, our judges are trained on on what to look for from a tenderness perspective. Yeah, but what do you mean by that, Emily? So if it's undercooked, it can be a little bit um, on the tough side. And sometimes if it's overcooked, it can be mushy. So, you know, we really want to make sure that, um, that those judges are looking for that tenderness um, and, then, and then they let that flavor profile build in their mouth while they're while they're going through that mouthfeel process of tenderness. So that's why they judge for taste and tenderness at the same time. I can't believe it, Emily, but we are out of time already. Wow. We're going to have to have you back on the show and talk about this some more. Would you be willing to do that? Of course. Anytime. I love to talk about barbecue. Emily Detweiler, she's the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. What's your website, Emily? It's kcbs.us. Thanks for your time today, Emily. We're going to do this again real soon, I promise. Sounds great. Life is short. Grill while you can. Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break. 
Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself. And you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well, at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspas Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop. The name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas. But they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, 227 
Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the guy who turns all the grills on, Randy Hames. Fred's back. It's Fred Olson, our Hudson and Harrigan Show radio partner for 30 years. I'm going to keep with your suggestion on last week's show. How you feeling? Yeah. Hey, yeah, Reverend. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm feeling really good. I mean, the weather is just primo. I got uh, family coming to ta- into town. Uh, my sister-in-law hasn't been to the ranch in over 20 years. So back when she was here, we had nothing but dirt. <laughs> so now, now we actually have a, a little compound. And so it'd be, it'd be fun to have the family here. We haven't had them here in a long time. So Well, I must admit, my sinuses are really irritated these days. I'm kind of struggling to figure out what to do. You used to suffer big time from allergies. Oh, man. So what do you think I should do? I used to think I had to get sick once a year for at least a month. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I, mean, I, I just got used to just, and I go, well, my voice would get so deep I could do any impression in the world, but it, I just felt like, I felt like crap. But what I've done is, is a, a good friend of mine, an Emmaus brother of mine is an uh, ENT, uh, and just a gifted doctor, and he said, well, we're going to try this sub, those sublingual drops. What you might want to do, are you taking like a Claritin, even just a five milligram? Uh, Zyrtec. See, that makes me just tired now. What, you'd give me one of those if you want to put me to sleep. Well, that's what I do. I take it right before I go to bed at night in hopes that I won't wake up 25 times and have to blow my nose. Well, here, well here's the thing is, but that works at night, but when you get up, you're going to start blowing your nose. Well, it's a 24-hour pill. Okay, well, it's supposed to last 20. You know, I don't know if those really work. Why don't you take two 12s and see what happens? (laughs) I might. I'm willing to try anything. Because it's really odd. I don't seem to have many problems until I go to bed at night. And then I get this this major burning, itching feeling in one nostril or the other, and I just can't stop blowing my nose. Okay, here, change your pillowcase. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Once a week, we change pillowcases. But I've, I have heard that dust mites can get actually into the pillow. Have you ever seen a, a blown-up picture of a dust mite? Yes. It's freaky. You could, you could do a, a whole science fiction show <laughs> on what if, if, if dust mites took over the Wait a minute. They already have taken over the world. But, yeah, that's, that's creepy-looking stuff, man. That makes the cockroach look <laughs> well, in fact, I was driving back from the grocery store. That was just this past week, and I had a sneezing fit. Was so bad, I, I thought I was going to have to pull over to the side of the road and make it stop. I w- I wound up making it home, but I did sneeze about a dozen times, Oof. back to back to back, and I'm not exaggerating. What do you do when that happens, Fred? Well, I haven't had it happen to me in so long. I kind of what I used to do. I used to. Uh, 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 get through it and just kind of sit down and I don't let it pass. I just finally had to go to a doctor and I think I may have told the story, but it's really brief. And those of you that didn't hear it, but Beverly wanted to go in. My wife wanted to go in and get tested uh-huh. because she was having sinus issues. So we're standing in, in my gifted ENT's office, Dr. Stephen Wright. We're standing there and he goes, well, I'll, I'll test you too. So they put those little pads on me and she had no allergies. I had like 50. Wow. So, I learned that I was allergic to old grass, trees, these kind of trees, that kind of grass, cats, dogs, everything was popping up for me. So I realized, no wonder I walk around in, in, in a state of 
stepped up in this. Uh, <laughs> That's a medical term. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stepped up in this. That's what I'd call that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm writing his name down, Dr. Stephen Wright. I knew that his comedy career went in the dumper, but I had no idea it was an ENT. No, no. You know, it's so funny. I was watching this. Stephen Wright, it's a, it's really a Stephen Wright uh, video the other day because it popped up on my um on youtube and he was so funny he goes yeah last week i put a skylight in my ceiling people upstairs are really upset <laughs> you know, it, just that drive you know i saw his first appearance on carson and it's just a scream it's funny you're missing now this is another Stephen wright i think he spells it with a ph oh well he's out of college station but I don't want to give him any any more business because he's probably so busy right now he can't, you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I had to blow my nose over and over and over the other day just to clear my head. I blew my nose so many times, I think my IQ dropped about 10 or 15 points. But but when you're as dumb as me, <laughs> you hardly even notice the difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you uh, something that may help you huge. Okay. You've seen them on TV. Okay. As seen on TV. <laughs> I actually bought one of these. And it takes a couple of days to get used to it, so don't freak out. But it's called the Navage. Oh, you know what that is? No. So you know what a neti pot is? Oh, sure. This is a battery-powered neti system that draws it up through one and back through the other. It takes some getting used to, but watch videos on it, and I tell you, it'll clean all that stuff if you do it once a day with uh, buy the little saline pods with it. It, that has helped me a lot. I don't even, I hardly use it much now because I've, I've really gotten to a pretty good point, but it's called a navage or get a neti pot. It sounds like waterboarding, Fred. <laughs> it, it does. You know, it's water, water, waterboard your, your nose. <laughs> I got to ask if I get a nose job, can they just irrigate my sinus cavities at the same time or should I just cut off my head? <laughs> you know, I would go with the navage. It's cheaper. You know, that, that's a short-term answer to a long-term problem. Okay. Uh, that head thing coming off. Well, I'm just happy it's also football season, but but <laughs> but, <laughs> but at least I have something to take my mind off my allergies. I'm so despondent about the Texans, I may just cut my head off anyway. <laughs> What's your state of mind about the Texans? So I read something. It was, I don't know, Sports Illustrated, uh, Inside Football, whatever, this morning, and it said, it was comparing the Dolphins and the Texans who play. Uh -huh. And it said the Dolphins by seven. And the first line said, this is going to be ugly. <laughs> and the second line said, of the three worst offenses in the NFL, two of them face off this weekend. <laughs> so, you know, when we were on the Hudson and Harrigan show, I used to envy John McClain because he got to cover pro football for a living. Mm. But now I pity the guy. I mean, it's got to be depressing to have to write about that sorry, sad sack team every single day. And even when they have a player like Mark Ingram who can make some good things happen, they trade him away. For a seventh-round pick, I think. Anyway. Yeah. So um, I was going somewhere with this, and I just... I had some incredibly cogent point to make there, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> hey, we're getting older, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and Jim Bob go, cogent? A cogent? Uh, what? That that means meaningful. Well, why didn't you just say that the first time? <laughs> why didn't you just say meaningful? Bam. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I know you haven't been able, or or maybe you've been able to avoid watching the Texans because your TV provider blacked out KHOU. <laughs> I have to tell you a quick story. I drove all the way to Magnolia Sunday morning to watch my grandson Liam's select 11U baseball team play a doubleheader. And in between games, my wife texted me and told me I'd forgotten to record the Texans game. And she told me she was setting the DVR to do that. So I was really involved in the baseball games, and I missed her text. And when I got home around 2 o'clock, she asked me if I wanted to watch the game from the beginning. I said, no, I've been listening on to the radio, and I'm about to eat lunch, and I don't want to ruin my appetite. (laughs) So the bad news is that football season is about half over. The good news is the Texan season is about half over. (laughs) This has been a pretty brutal fall for football in the Hames family. Yeah, well, I know CCU Patterson got let go. Wow. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. La, 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 la. I talked about it in the monologue, and I just, it's just its just depressing to me. Yeah. It's been a brutal fall for football in the Hames family. Well, I'd go cook something. I'd go burn some meat. Well, then let's talk about that. Have you cooked up those two racks of golden-plated ribs yet? <laughs> not yet. Not, not till they arrive. I've got to. Actually, I'm cleaning the grill, scrubbing it really good, and hosing it down, getting it ready, and getting my little water pan ready to slide in there to keep it moist, and I'm ready to go. Well, these ribs are for your granddaughter mostly, right? Well, yeah, because she loves them, and everybody kind of likes them. I've just gotten to the point where I can make some pretty decent ribs. Um, it ain't like going to uh, one of these really high-end or well-known barbecue joints, but they're okay. They're okay. Well, I've just been told my grill is now up to temperature, and I've got a brisket that's calling my name. Ooh. No, I'm I'm not cooking brisket. I'm I'm like you. I, I I just go get my brisket from Brook Street Barbecue in Sugarland. You know why not? <laughs> the only reason why I've got the grill going is to keep my hands warm. So I love you, brother. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. You got you got that right. Oh, I just remember what I was going to say. We were out of time. Too bad. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show, or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a red-hot grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. How's about cooking something up for me?